From tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks Podcast. The Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, collegiate senior in atmospheric science Brady Harris, digital meteorologist and weather producer for The Lift on the Weather Channel app Dina Knightley, social media specialist and meteorologist at The Weather Channel Jen Watson, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network radio operator Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, amateur storm spotter Phil Johnson. All right, welcome to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening device. This is season 2.0 of the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Thank you for listening. And also, those of you watching, uh, this is our first official, and in, in quotes, official live broadcast of Stormfront Freaks Raw. Woo. And raw meaning you're getting all the unedited crap, okay? Uh, so we don't edit it. It's not crap, either. Phil. It's not crap. We're beautiful that people. Uh, but you're not getting any of the fancy music in our audio podcast. You're not getting, you know, any of that stuff. You're not going to hear, unfortunately, Brady's Storm School unless you listen to the audio podcast. And I know everybody out there watching right now is going, damn, I'm going to miss Brady's Storm School tonight. I can do it live. I can do it live. Yeah, well, let's do it live. Uh, Anyway, this is episode 18, and our guest is former Weather Channel co-host Kim Cunningham. Yeah, we'll also be deciding on what the future holds for TV meteorologists and uh, weather forecasts. But first, uh, let's go ahead and get the party started with uh, figuring out what everybody's drinking here tonight. For all of our viewers watching us live, I hope you've got your favorite beverage of choice as well. Um, But let's go let's go around because usually these kind of beverages make us sound funnier. (laughs) <laughs> at, at least to so us, we we sound, to us. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, we sound more enjoyable to us, so we encourage our viewers and listeners uh, to join us with that. But I'm going to start. I've got um, I've got something different tonight. I just found this yesterday. It is it is called it is from Miami, and it is called Miami Vice. <laughs> oh, clever. It's like a drink from the '80s. So it's W B I S S Miami. Vice, because it's a Hefeweizen beer, but it is a definite throwback to the 80s. This this pink and blue can makes it look, Jen, like it's a LaCroix, but it's really not. Oh, you guys, uh, I'm cheating. Yeah, it's a Hefeweizen style ale. So, cool. uh, MJ, what do you got, brother? All right. This evening, I am uh, enjoying a Danger Ale right here. Danger Ale from Castle Ooh. Danger Brewing oh, sweet. in Two Harbors, Minnesota. Where That's it is currently awesome. two below with an 18 below wind chill. <laughs> Damn, better to do up on, make beer. Up on the north shore of Lake Superior. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. What what do you do in temperatures like that but make or drink beer? <laughs> That's right. All right, Maz, what do you got? All right, so I received a case of wine for Christmas from somebody. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Left this on my doorstep. <laughs> yeah, so it's almost gone. Uh, I, I, I have this Jen Pfeiffer Rocket Like a Redhead wine. Wow. Yeah. What year? What year? Uh, yeah, I don't think it even matters, really. <laughs> Stuff like this. It and my wife is. It's older than is, you, yeah, Brady. Thanks. She's not a redhead. My wife's not. That's so true. don't tell my wife. I'm just saying. Ooh. <laughs> uh, very, so the second time you got wine. All right, Brady, what do you got? Scott? All right. Well, you know what? I'm starting to low. Po- I no. You know what? I, I went. I went. You know, Michelob again because I'm starting a legit diet 
And so this is the only thing you can drink. Yeah, it's true. No <laughs> really? Scotch isn't only okay thing, only no alcoholic diet. beverage you can drink that goes with the no carb. So, all right. Scotch go. doesn't have okay. carbs, does it? <laughs> I don't know. I, I wouldn't think so. Well, it's no, I think but, okay. but it's got it's got heavy alcohol, which allows you not to like burn. I don't know. I don't. I don't fully. I don't fully understand it. I don't fully understand it. It's all science, Brady. Science. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, good luck on that diet. But uh, Dina, what do you got tonight? What are you drinking? Well, no alcohol tonight because I got to be at work in a few oh, hours. Sure. So I have coffee, <laughs> but I do have Whoa. it in my cool Wonder Woman mug. I love oh. it. It's awesome. So nice. you know. Nice. Awesome. What, what kind of coffee is it? It's hazelnut. You know, not, no biggie. Is it decaf? No. Good for you. I know. Wow. I know. You may I as well just stay up when you go to work at this point. And then at, so, at one point I did after one show, I just stayed up. I was like, eh, let's just go. Oh, oh my God. Let's out. do it. Yeah. How did that work out? I made it. Like I made it through work. But by the time I was in my car driving home, I'm like, oh my God, if I don't get home in like five <laughs> minutes, I'm going to make it. And then I crashed out. Do you forget what day it is when you do that? Sometimes, like it's weird. Like, I once so. I get into work, I get back into the groove and I'm fine. And then you know, because like when I get to work, I hit the ground running. It's like boom, it's busy. I'm doing stuff for the show. And then when it's over, then I'm like, ugh. <laughs> for me, I'm All done. Right. Well, the, the, it's, it's probably good you're not drinking that bottle of champagne. Yeah, that's uh, gone. This time around, Jen. Jen, if yeah. I'm if I ask, I may as well. But what are you drinking today? Oh my God! I'm cheating tonight. Woo-hoo! Not by not Uh-oh. by drinking Uh-oh. alcohol, but I'm drinking a Dasani sparkling. Oh. 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 I'm sitting on the right now. There goes our sponsorship. Sponsor wars. So I went to the grocery store and I got Lacroix, and I I just wanted to try Dasani, and it's kind of really good too. She's cheating. Sparkling water battle. I like All right, it. and then last but not least, I know Kim wanted to be included on this. Um, so, Kim, tell us what you're drinking tonight. Well, you know, I have a couple favorites here in Atlanta. And actually, one brewery actually is pretty close to where I live. It's called Burnt Hickory Brewery Company. But I didn't start out with that one. I'm starting out with a Blind Pirate. Ooh. Arr, arr. Yeah. <laughs> this is from Whoa. Monday Night Brewery here in Atlanta, Georgia. And it's a blood orange IPA and it's a double IPA. And for me, the hoppier, the better. I want no alcohol in my beer. Um, I like Mm. it so bitter. And that's exactly what this is. And it's really good. That's awesome. So, yeah, I'll be having a cool beer. Nice uh, nice little shout out. Well, thanks for joining us. All right, let's. But before we get into uh, the, the main part of the show, uh, which is Kim, I, I just want to give everybody an update on, on our season 2.0. Uh, we'll still have Stormfront Freaks Raw. That will continue to be available on our YouTube channel if you want to stream this Raw video later, which is going to include all of our breaks and all the, the jokes we might make about each other mm-hmm. when we're not actually <laughs> – uh, we won't actually edit out. You'll get all the behind-the-scenes uh, peek behind the curtain kind of stuff. So that will be if you visit stormfrontfreaks.com. Uh, our link to our YouTube channel is on there, and you can see all of our, our shows and some of our most recent past shows as well if you want to watch them. Uh, and then we've got now Stormfront Freaks Raw Live. 
So all of you that are watching us right now, uh, welcome. It's great having you uh, watching us uh, as well. But this is new, and uh, we will uh, basically have episode 19 will be January 26th. Uh, that will be at 9 p.m. Eastern time, 8 p.m. Central. So that's a special time because we are a bi-weekly program. Uh, so we're every other week. And normally we go 9.30 and 8.30 uh, Central. So uh, we our guest next uh, in two weeks here is actually needs to be on a little bit earlier. So we're going to go 9 and 8, but we'll broadcast that for you guys. Uh, you can visit our website again for our YouTube channel link. Or follow us on Twitter and Facebook because we'll publish the link to watch us live uh, if you want to do that as well. Um, and along with that, which is kind of cool, I'm going to quick turn it over to MJ to quick explain how if you want to ask a question or comment during the live show, uh, how you can do that. So if you are on our watch page, uh, which again is linked off of our uh, website, um, you will find a live chat box to the in, uh, on the right side of the window. And uh, I've already had a few people chatting in there, and you can go ahead and put your questions and comments in that link, and we'll uh, monitor that and, and perhaps give Kim a few of those uh, questions as well. Um, if you're watching our embedded uh, video on the web page, you want to go up above and click the link uh, to go to the watch page if you want to participate in the chat. Hey, Phil. Is it yeah. me or does Kim have like a professional lighting crew there? Because she's like backlit and everything. <laughs> yeah. she, yeah. she is so beyond us. Man. Man. Yeah. Well, my lighting's pretty good, right? Yeah, your lighting. Yeah. You're in a cave. Here's the deal. We have no, no joke. We have two lights in like our whole family room and kitchen. It's terrible. It's <laughs> so bad. But Bernie always it's looks great. like the stalker in the background. Yeah. Oh my oh, gosh. Okay, and then the, la the last thing I want to get to is just i do want to remind everybody our main focus is always going to continue to be our audio podcast that we edit and we produce with music and announcements uh, that'll always be available by monday following our recording uh, so by this monday you can actually go to itunes or all the other podcast apps and you can find stormfront freaks on there and you can actually get the edited version and you can take that with you wherever you want to go that's just until we get paid for the video part, though, right? Uh, <laughs> That'd be nice. Yeah, we might be waiting yes. a while for that. All right, so let, let's, jump, let's jump to the biggest <laughs> biggest part of what we're here for and why everybody's listening and watching, uh, and that is our guest. So, Dean, I'm going to turn it over to you. All right, tonight we um, have Kim Cunningham. Now, Kim is a motivational speaker and a communications coach for SpeechWorks, but you probably know her best from the Weather Channel. She's been on the Weather Channel for 25 years. She's got a 30-year um, career as a meteorologist. Um, she was the first woman to be used as a tropical, severe, and winter weather expert. And she was part of the Air Force. And uh, she was a forecaster and weather observer. And she specialized in severe and tropical weather. So Kim, like if, if you have ever watched the Weather Channel, you would have seen Kim. <laughs> yes. It's, yes. Awesome. So, and she got to do like all the great stuff with being um, part of the expert team and the first woman to, uh, to really do that and, and be able to do all the uh, different topics, severe, tropical, winter. So, Kim, it's so yeah. glad to have you. Um, oh, do you know what I don't know, Kim, yeah. is like, how did you ever get into weather? 
Well, That's we have to go question. back, and I know some of you guys are from um, Ohio, and I'm a big Ohio State fan, but I will say I am for right now. Um, I, I don't know, you guys probably remember back in the 74, well, you guys probably don't because you're too young, no, but the 74 outbreak, you. super outbreak, <laughs> that is um, where I got my start. But I actually, and a lot of you guys probably love The Wizard of Oz, just like yes. I do. And that tornado is still, to me, the best tornado scene ever, no matter, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> Twister, all these other movies. I swear, The Wizard of Oz tornado, which was a rug, by the way, <laughs> I, don't mind it, yeah, no, I didn't know that. No, no it's, it's a rug, and it's, it's not very. It's not very accurate. Well, <laughs> oh, what a poo -pour. Shag. the millennial poo poo in that whole thing. So, following watching that tornado, I just I was amazed and just in awe, and just thought it was the coolest thing ever. Even though it scared me, I wanted to learn more about tornadoes and. And then I actually got to see the uh, F5 that hit Cincinnati back in 1974. Wow. So that um, that came within nice. about two miles of my parents' house. And we wow. were in the basement praying and crying, and we could hear it. Um, we didn't actually get hit by it, but we had a lot of debris in our yard. And we had softball-sized hail before it. So it was really traumatic. But it was to me exciting you know my family they were scared they they you know thought it was horrible i thought it was horrible too but at the same time i was i was i don't know i was i was in awe and wanted to learn more about tornadoes and at that moment decided hey there's actually a career where you can study tornadoes so that's what i decided to do back in 1974 and and i set my path since the, you know at that point i took all the math and science courses i could in high school Nice. I joined the Air Force because I wrote to some meteorologists um, in Cincinnati and uh, they were all men. And I said, hey, how'd you guys get your you know, degree or how'd you get your start in meteorology? And they, one guy wrote me back, Mike Fenwick, and said, I actually got it through the Air Force. And so <laughs> that's what I did. I joined the yeah. Air Force and yeah. got my <laughs> training in the Air Force. And then I went on to get my degree in meteorology from Creighton University when I was stationed at Offutt Air Force Base. And then after Wait. that, I went to the Weather Channel. Creighton, Nebraska, Creighton? Yes, Creighton. I used to live out there, too. I used to live out there, too. I grew up in oh, Omaha. Very oh. cool. Yeah, I loved I loved Omaha. I mean, I yeah. thought Omaha was a cool little town. You know, the, the old market area. Got some good steaks. Great steaks. Got some great good steaks. steaks. The steaks are great. Yeah, I love the steaks. Great. I love it there. Of course, I tornado chased when I was out there too, so it was even better. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my God, that's so awesome. What was the job market like when you um, graduated or actually uh, left the Air Force? That's that's a good question, Jen. Because when I decided I had like a, I had like six months left in the Air Force and I just graduated college and I thought, okay, what do I do? I'll send out some resumes. Do I re-enlist in the military? I'll have to move around again or do I, you know, get feelers for, you know, the, you know, the civilian world. So I sent out resumes and there, and back then, don't forget, we didn't have internet. That's true. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't have anything other than you looked in the paper, um, you looked through the AMS, you know, um, journals or whatever to see who was hiring. And I remember I sent applications to Australia. Wow. <laughs> and that's actually a awesome. A balloon oh my company. Gosh. A balloon company. Somebody that they set up balloons. I mean, it was, there was, there was not much. 
Yeah. So I, the Weather Channel had just started maybe a few years before that. And of course, I was mesmerized. I watched it all the time. You know, Cheryl Lemke, you know, she was somebody I watched all the time. And of course, Cantori. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to send them one. I'm going to send them a resume. So I did. And they immediately called me and brought me into an interview and said, hey, we want you to start here. And I said, okay, well, I still have six months left in the Air Force. But they actually talked to my commander. They went through the higher ranks and they let me out early to go work at the Weather Channel. Oh my God, that's awesome. But there there wasn't much. There was not much out there. And if you try to get an on-camera job, it was even more difficult right out of college. So, you know, National Weather Service, I thought, eh, I did, you know, I did military. I did government work, you know, for nine years. Do I want to go the National Weather Service route? I I really, it was an option, but I, at that moment, was like, yeah, I want to try something different. Wow, so when are you going so back awesome. to the, when are you going back to the Air Force for the last six months? You owe them. <laughs> <laughs> I kept waiting for that. They never forget. <laughs> oh, she's going to get a call tomorrow. Yeah. I know. So oh, hey, so, uh, since we're on the Air Force, um, one of your roles, Kim, had something to do with like you covered, you forecasted the entire Southern Hemisphere. Is that yeah. right? Yes. So what? So I guess tell me a little bit. What did that include? What did you have to do every day? And, and who was that helping? What was the purpose of that? Well, that's when I worked at Global Weather Central at Offutt Air Force Base. And I was in the tropical weather section. And we were responsible for the tropics. So basically 25 north all the way through the southern hemisphere. So wow. we were responsible for looking at tropical weather, basically thunderstorms. We were looking for um Tropical systems, typhoons, hurricanes, whatever. We had to we had to monitor that area, and give information to like the uh, Joint Typhoon Warning Center in Guam. So we were we were kind of like the watch agency. We would put out a product every day that would um, indicate areas of thunderstorms for, like, say, if some of our planes were flying over the ocean trying to get somewhere, they would know where the thunderstorms were. Because remember back then we didn't have the data we have today. We yeah. literally, this is no lie, we literally analyzed satellite data on film over a light table. No. Yes. Wow. That's wow. how we did it. And then we forecasted it out. Wow. So that's how we did it back then. <laughs> I was wondering what kind of data you had back there and what you would have what you had available to you in the air force. Yeah. That, just, so it's just satellite data, just, just satellite data back then. And that was, wow. it. and then SSMI wow. data, microwave imagery was just becoming, uh, it was really coming into fruition and just becoming, we were doing research on that. So that's when you started using microwave imagery to actually look at tropical systems and to see, we could tell the wind speeds because of the actual foam that was, on top of the water from how strong the winds were. So that was all starting to happen too at the same time, but it was mainly just looking at just regular GOES-8 satellite data and and forecasting it out, just moving it forward or, um, you know, just trying to make a good forecast. But actually we did pretty good. Wow. Kim, I I heard that if you miss a forecast at Global Weather, you like lose rank, which is why I didn't go in by the way. Is that that true? You know, they, they, you know, I wish, well, I wish they were still around, but they're not, they're, they're really not as that entity anymore there, but they were pretty, they were pretty hard on us because they had to be, because we were responsible for multi-million dollar aircraft and ships and 
So they had to be tough on us. Wow, that's crazy. Did you, what, what kind of training with the camera? Uh, for on camera? Yeah. I had none. Is that something so you always, yeah. And the Weather Channel, I was there for six years, well, actually probably four years before they asked me if I wanted to try the apprentice program where they actually assigned a mentor and I would work with them, you know, on the weekends or whenever I could. And I would just go in front of a camera and record and then present it to my supervisor who would look at it and say, well, we don't think you're ready just yet because they mm -hmm. wanted me on camera. And I thought, well, I've done nine years military. I've done six years behind the scenes. I was a senior meteorologist, the weather channel. I've gone as far as I could without getting into higher management. And I thought this might be a good transition for me to, to do something where I'm communicating the weather. So when they offered that, I thought, yeah, I'm going to try that. So I worked hard. I worked on the weekends and uh, they finally let me in the apprentice program, which I was on at two o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I would work <laughs> like a 10 hour shift. And, and you know how it is, you guys, when you want something, you do it. Yeah. And I thought, okay, yeah. I'm going to do this. And I worked hard for 10 hours, the meteorologist behind the scenes, and then uh, practiced and went in front of the camera at two o'clock in the morning uh, with Dave Schwartz. Oh, Dave. Oh my God. Yes, he was my mentor. And um, we just had a blast. And I just learned so much from him on communicating the weather. So that's how it started. And then they eventually hired me full time in 97 to go from behind the scenes to in front of the camera. And so that's a very good local. So I'm going to throw in a listener or viewer actually question here uh, online from uh, Barry Gray says, who was your favorite on-air co-host? Uh, <laughs> I can't answer that. Come on, you're not working there anymore. Come on. I'm still friends with a lot of people there. But I will tell you this, <laughs> I will tell you that I enjoyed working with every single person there. And Dina will tell you and Jen will tell you. Mm -hmm. Most of the people there, I would say 90% of the people there are top-notch, fun, professionals. And every person I worked with, I thought it was pretty flexible. I was able to work with a lot of different people. And we both were able to draw out the good things in each other. And I just feel like, I don't know if I could actually say I had a, one favorite person. But I do think... Um, there were so many good people that I could say most of them were my favorites. I don't know. I liked working with everybody. Thanks, Congresswoman. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah, it's true. Right. <laughs> hey, Kim, because you said when you started yeah. there, Cheryl Lemke was on. So how many women? I think maybe, what, Vivian Brown? How many women were there on camera? Um, when I started there, now the, all these people, you probably won't know that they left soon after I got there. So... Uh, Lisa Spencer was one. I don't know if you remember Lisa Spencer, mm -hmm. uh, Janetta Jones, Janetta, yep, Sharon Result, and Christina Abernathy. There were there were you know probably six or seven that were on camera at the time. Hmm. Wow, that's not bad. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It wasn't. It was really. Um, and what's really amazing too is that Lisa Spencer was probably like the first woman on national television who was pregnant. I mean, it actually showed. <laughs> you know, went through her pregnancy on TV. Good for her. Um, and then after that, you know, we all wow. were pregnant with twins. <laughs> twins. <laughs> that just started it all. Yes. Oh yes. Well, let, so hey, Kim, while we're I on that topic, Kim, I, I yeah. want to ask you, um, because I, I think 
you know, you're, you're a good role model uh, for women in television meteorology. Um, what, I guess, what were some of the challenges from women meteorologists in TV when you were starting in the industry compared to what you think they are today? Are they better, worse, the same? What, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I know. I just lost my earbud. Um, I think when I first start again, when I went to the Weather Channel, as I just, you know, we talked about, there were already like five or six women on camera. Mm -hmm. And so I was impressed, actually, at the time that there were that many women already on camera um, in the male dominated field. So and I felt like they got equal equal treatment um, from what I could tell, because I wasn't actually on camera when I first got there. But I do think it's come a long way. And I think just the fact that I was actually, um, you know, able to be on TV as and use my skills as a, a tropical severe weather specialist um, has come a long way, too. But I do think it's come a long way. And, I, and even at the, and when I was in the Air Force, it was the same thing where when I first started, there weren't many women at all in the military, for one. Two, being in a science field in meteorology, there weren't many either. So when I left the Air Force, there definitely was an increase in the number of women. That's awesome. Yeah. So Kim, what's your, so I've had the privilege of working with Kim. I was her weather producer um, for some of the time while she was there. And she is just a badass meteorologist, just to say yeah. that, because yeah. she really is. Whoa. So would, uh, <laughs> just because we're live now doesn't mean you can all go crazy, all right? <laughs> like, like Sometimes we would have like an eight, nine minute block to fill, and she yeah. just was like, I've got this. This is, ain't no thing. And she brushed her shoulder off, and she would go on air. Um, <laughs> and, and, and you were amazing. <laughs> Um, and you're amazing, oh, Kim. Oh, you um, too. I mean, for but, what you guys do behind the scenes, I mean, we have to talk about that too, because I mean, if you guys only knew what, what these people have to do behind the scenes to keep us, to give us information to be able to talk about, I mean, you guys are amazing. You and Dina and everybody else behind the scenes. So we couldn't have done it without you guys. That's for sure. Thanks, yeah, Kim. But, yeah. Thanks, you know Kim. It. You're amazing. But so what's your favorite weather? Is it tropical? Or oh, is it I was going like... to ask that question. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it, it's severe, you know, I, I, I have to say, I love tropical weather. I love it all, but, um, yeah. severe just because it started out with tornadoes. And, and actually at one point I, my goal was to be a research meteorologist in tornadoes and to find out why tornadoes form. That was a big thing for me. So it, and, you know, after I left the weather channel, I thought, you know, maybe I'd go back to school. You know, I had all these thoughts about what I was going to do, but, um, but I signed a different chapter in my life, but yeah, definitely severe. It's yeah. one of those, uh, hail, all that stuff is, is my favorite. That, that gets my adrenaline going the most. Yeah. 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 Me too. Did Kim, you what, ever what get a... What kind of... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead, Brady. <laughs> okay. What? Because I, I think there's a lot of people that are deciding between going to National Weather Service, going to research, or going to TV. What kind of steered you away from research and National Weather Service? You know, what were some of the, the signs you saw in your own head that were like, I want to do this? And this is what I want to do. Well, um, I think, you know, what happened was I think the path that I took initially starting out in the Air Force and that I thought, well, I'll try to go to college. And it was hard trying to get my degree anywhere because for one, back then there weren't many meteorology schools. So I had to, I had to make my way yeah. to a college or an Air Force base that was near a college. 
where I could actually go to school. And I was very fortunate uh, when I went to, um, I was in forecasting school at Shooting Air Force Base and they said, okay, wh whoever has the highest GPA at the end of forecasting school, you get to pick what Air Force Base you want to go to. Oh. So, you know, everybody's, you know, they're, they're trying hard to get the highest GPA because they want to be stationed, you know, at, at long, maybe Myrtle Beach area. They want to mm. go to, you know, um, the Destin area. And I was like, I want to go to Offutt Air Force Base in Nebraska. <laughs> oh <my>. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> I said, no, because uh, Creighton University is there and they've got it. They have a uh, program in um, atmospheric science. So I worked hard and I actually got the, the highest GPA and picked off at Air Force Base. So <laughs> they did offer a master's degree there. But again, I came to that crossroads where I thought, oh, you know, I don't know what I want to do. Do I you know, try this? Do I? I don't know. So it just something told me at the moment not to go that yeah. route. So I okay. honestly don't know yeah. if, um, if it was anything other than what came up at the moment. You are still a Nebraska yeah. Cornhusker fan, aren't you? <laughs> no, I do. I do root for them when I can. I actually Thank went you. to one of their games, and that I was amazed at that. You know, there was just unbelievable. I was the only one that was wearing black. Everybody else had red on. <laughs> <laughs> you started black shirts, didn't you? Wasn't that you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, nobody gets that unless you're a Nebraska fan. Thanks. All right. No. <laughs> that, went, that went right over my head. Yeah. So, Kim, did you ever get to fly into hurricanes or anything tropical no, systems? No. You know, when I – this was the bummer, too, because when I became a sergeant, when I got promoted to a sergeant, I had the opportunity to actually, before that, to fly with the hurricane hunters to actually go and work there because back then they actually used um, non, not um, airmen. Okay, nice. they didn't use non-commissioned officers. So I, at one point, was able to rank-wise go fly with the hurricane hunters, but I made rank, I made staff sergeant, and at that time they weren't allowing NCOs or non-commissioned officers to to fly or to go with the the hurricane hunters they were taking only commissioned officers so um that's where it all changed for me so i was like okay i can't do it but i wanted to yeah that's one thing I, I i didn't do and i never really have been through a hurricane so you yeah. know maybe that i would change my mind about what i love mm. better hurricanes or <laughs> <laughs> that, that's true that's very true i've never actually like chased a hurricane you don't really chase it you just get to a location and let it come to you yes yeah. it's like taking a charge in basketball you just <laughs> yeah let it plow you over exactly oh. and and i don't know if i would like that or not like i would get sick of it after 30 minutes and i'm like i'm stuck i can't get out it's a hurricane and then you're right. there for some right. yeah with no power no food no water there's, yeah, yeah there, it wouldn't that would not be a five-day there's chase water it's just in your living room yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, exactly. So since we're talking storms, Kim, I'm curious, what, what are some of your favorite or, or and maybe sometimes shouldn't say favorite because they can be very devastating, right. but as far as storms, what were some of the, the biggest storms or best storms that you remember covering? Oh, my gosh. Well, we'll, st we'll start out with, um, well, with the Weather Channel anyway, with um, Hurricane Andrew, because I had only been at the Weather Channel for a year. So I was working behind the scenes, and... John Hope 
that was that was uh, quite a night. And I remember just seeing how scared John Hope was. And when I saw him scared, I knew that this was going to be really bad. So Andrew mm -hmm. is definitely in my mind. Um, of course, Superstorm Sandy, um, which we all lived through. And uh, and that was an amazing, amazing storm. Um, I actually this is kind of a, a, a neat piece of trivia, you know, um, Norman, Oklahoma or more Oklahoma has been hit by, you know, at least three F5 or EF5 tornadoes. I was on the air every time they got hit by an F5 or EF5. Wow. Wow. That's scary. Well, I can't bad luck. Every time. Yes. Well, yeah. So that one is a biggie, especially the, um, it was 99. Yeah, May 3rd, where yeah. The 99 one was the big one. And I was, uh, that was the first time I was on the air at the Weather Channel. And we were, it was the first time we actually had it, that, that we were showing a live tornado. And I remember going there, looking at a radar and seeing the hook and talking about it. And then looking over, because I'm looking at the monitor, it's like, oh my gosh, there it is. And it was just a weird connection. It's like you never really saw the connection between the real thing that you're seeing live and then the actual radar. Mm -hmm. So that was a moment in, in, in my life that I'll never forget either. It's like seeing it, seeing the radar return. It was just kind of an amazing, an amazing thing to see as a meteorologist. So that was yeah. that was horrifying. And then the other the last one they had was also um, horrible because Kelly Cass and I were on the air with that one uh, when the school got hit. Mm. And um, just when they panned back and showed this huge, monstrous, you know, EF5 tornado just took our breaths away. And it just was it was just reminded me of the 99 tornado. And I knew then it was like when you see that big old wedge like that you know people are dying you know it's horrible and it's it's awful so so the more tornadoes definitely um gosh there were so many i mean over 25 years what about um, katrina how yeah. was that it was huge katrina that whole year i was working first outlook i was on early in the morning from like 4 to 7 a.m and it seemed like rita uh wilma maybe and i know uh, katrina all hit right when we made landfall right when we were getting off work nick walker and i and so we kind of brought it in and then we left when it made landfall but katrina was you know absolutely horrible um just you know just especially living that afterwards and seeing staying mm -hmm. i stayed at the weather channel for a long time mm -hmm. after i got off work because who can leave when that's happening yeah. and when we were getting reports about the levees, then your heart started sinking. Oh, maybe we made it through the worst of it. Then we're like, oops, there go the levees. Yeah. And that's when it all started. And, you know, that's mm -hmm. when really the Weather Channel, I think, you know, we shine a lot, but that was, you know, seeing Stephanie and Jim and Beth, all those people out there during Katrina was just, yeah. um, just an amazing thing to see these, you know, these guys out there and helping people too. I think that's yeah. the one time too, like, um, cause I was there with you, yeah. but, yeah. That you saw the after, like we stayed for a long time afterwards. Right. Like you saw the aftermath and you kept seeing the aftermath and it, you thought it got worse and then it got worse and then it got more worse. And I think that was a big, that was a big life changer for me. Yes. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. That was, you know, and then Rita after, you know, it's just one after another. That was an, um, that was an incredible year. Mm -hmm. uh, that whole year was just, um, we were exhausted. Everybody yeah. exhausted. Exhausted. <laughs> yeah. That was that was quite a year. But that's yeah. the first, the only time I ever remember us getting in the names with the uh, Greek letters. Yes. 
Yeah. And it going yeah. into the next year, like, mm -hmm. uh, didn't we January? go in January? Yeah, January. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. I'm <laughs> off. So what, uh, Kim, what's what's keeping you busy today? What, what are you up to and, and what are your plans here in the future? Well, of course, I keep my hand in weather as much as I can, you know, still checking the models and all that. Um, but I, you know, kind of making a change and went with uh, more of a communication, helping people uh, communicate better, especially if, if they're in a situation where they have to present in front of a committee or in front of their peers. So I work for this company called SpeechWorks and we work and work one-on-one -on -one with people or we actually work in groups and just, you know, coach them and try to get them to be better persuasive speakers. And it's very fascinating. What I love about it really is that I work with so many different companies like Coca-Cola, Home Depot, and some of their executives and, you know, higher management and you get to hear what's going on in these companies. I mean, it's just really fascinating. I learned so much about these companies, but of course I love weather and miss weather. And, but it's just, you know, it's, it's working for me right now. So you know, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like you need some kind of weather outlet, like a podcast to be a part of where you Ooh, can talk yeah. weather every couple of weeks. Yeah, Wait, Phil, Phil, what's a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> I would love to, you guys, anytime, anytime. All right, well, let's let's do this. We're we're gonna jump to our famed lightning round. Uh, so so this is the this is the time that we have a speed round of fun questions for our guest. And what we're gonna be doing tonight, Kim, is we are pulling out the hundred thousand dollar pyramid stormfront freak style uh, show. So, so I'll quickly set this up. I'll no. set this up. Here, here's what we need to do. First and foremost, uh, if you're not a cheater, I need you to turn off your chat box because we need to use the chat box. <laughs> so that's the first step. How would we um, know if she did? Okay. We don't. We don't. Okay. Well, we'll, right. we'll kind of know if she gets the answers all right away. But <laughs> uh, and then and, and so here's how we're going to set this up. So if you guys have ever seen the the game show, the hundred thousand dollar pyramid. Um, and, and anybody that's a child of, of the 70s and 80s probably has, has seen it before. Now, I know they've come back with a like newfangled version of it, but uh, we're going to play the $100,000 pyramid. And so what I'm going to do is, Kim, you you're because you're our guest, you also have to be the one that guesses all time. And instead of the all-time quarterback, you're the all-time guesser. Okay. But you've got two topics that you are going to go through. So you're going to be able to pick two different people to go through the, I don't know, who, who's the person that does the, trying to get you to guess the word? Because there's a word and you got to guess the word. They can't use the word, but they can use any other word to try and describe to get you to guess it. Don't pick me, Kim. I'm really bad at this game. <laughs> okay. so, so you have to pick it. So what's going to happen is MJ is going to go ahead and type in the chat box. He's going to type in the words. Okay, so whoever your speaker is going to be is going to see the word and then they got to try and get you to guess it. Okay. You've seen the $100,000 pyramid, right? Oh, yes. Okay, yes. so you got a little bit of an idea what this is, okay? Yeah. Are you so, allowed to do hand signals, Phil? Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I know when they when they do the final pyramid, they like tie your arms down so you can't <laughs> use your arms at all. But during, during the initial segment, which is kind of what we're doing, um, you, you might be able to do some 
some hand signals. I'm pretty. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty well, sure Phil couldn't do it without hand signals. I know. What no, is that? He's <laughs> taking off. This is Stormfront freak style, so I don't give a crap. You can use. <laughs> what you want to do? So Kim, here's your first talk. first thing. First thing, Kim, you have to do is you have to pick your two um, participants with you. Okay. Um, I- so you got you got you got Jen, Brady, Dina, and Maz. Because MJ make and I are out. we can't do it. Can't make Maz one. Make Maz one. Okay, oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So Maz and Dina. Okay. Right. So who's okay. going first, Maz right. or Dina? Uh, Dina. Okay. Okay. So Dina's going to go first. Now you're going to. I'm going to give you both of these topics, but you can pick which one you want to do okay. first. Okay. So uh, topic one is called "I'm Melting." Topic two is called "Lick It Up." <laughs> Oh my. oh my god <laughs> i'm gonna totally let that go <laughs> um, I'm, I'm melting okay i'm melting okay have, have a sip of beer before you get into this All right. so i'm melting so dina this is uh dina and kim this is things related to the wizard of oz okay mm. okay uh which as we heard is already a favorite i think yeah. uh uh that we have so um, so Dina, what you have to do is you have to look at the chat box. Mark is going to send you the word and you have to try and use any other words, but that to help her okay. think of what it is. Make but sense? I can use as many as I want. Right. Right. Uh, and, uh, but we are timing this 45 okay. seconds. Oh, okay. okay. And there's seven. There are seven. Okay. Okay. Ready? Ready. MJ go. Tiger. Lion. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. Wow. Come on, keep going. Keep going, oh, Dina. Something just popped up. Okay. Um, <laughs> fly, witch, monkeys, um, sweep, broom. Yeah. Yes. Broom. Yep. Ruby, slippers, um, heels, um, let's see. Ruby slippers, um, yeah. Um, you know what? I'm gonna give that to you because you're right. It should be slippers, not uh, shoes. That, that, was, that was kind of a my screw up on that. All right. Next oh, I'm one. not sure about this one. Um, little munchkins. Oh, oh my god! I oh my god! I was not sure how to even do that. Um, apes. The monkeys. Oh my gosh, she's great. <laughs> Twister. Tornado. <laughs> Um, let's see, Wichita, Kansas. Oh my gosh, she's on it. All right, right, wait a minute. My category is like differential equations or something. (laughs) (laughs) I I will say this. That was a good job, Kim. So the the next one um, is going to be with Maz. Uh, you get pride. That's what we give out here. Oscar <laughs> pride. You get pride. So, all right. So, Kim, then, so now we're going to go through the second one, which is lick it up. These are things related to 80s metal bands. <laughs> oh, yes. oh, oh, she loves Things related, oh of course. God. There's a reason we come up with these topics. So, things related to 80s metal bands. Uh, Maz, we got 45 seconds. You got seven things. Uh, MJ, go ahead. Musical. Um, Instrument. Keep going. Instrument. Guitar. Mm. (laughs) Nighttime. 
scary dude. <laughs> oh, Ozzy. <laughs> enter. I'm sorry. Enter. Oh, enter Sandman. Yeah, oh my do it. Uh, perfume. Poison? Oh my god! <laughs> what? You get poison out of perfume. <laughs> oh my god! She's the... my. I didn't hear you. She's my. She's my cherry pie. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> this is, this is aerosol. <laughs> aerosol. Aerosol. Keep going. Uh, tick, know, tick, tick, tick. Uh, uh, can. I didn't hear you. Gel. <laughs> Gel. Aerosol. Aerosol. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, Two more. What's another one for that? Uh, uh, Van Halen. <laughs> Hop. She's got the album Yeah. All right, last one. Demon think... <laughs> or Demon or Not a demon? <laughs> <laughs> Not a demon. Angel? Undemon. Awesome. Well done. I think I think every heavy metal band had a song with Angel in it. You're right. Um, <laughs> so true. No, so true. I think so. Kim, that was unbelievable. Good job, and Dean and Matt. You guys. Oh man. Well done on that. So uh, let let me ask you this first. Uh, I guess Kim, how can people follow you or or because you got a lot of people um, that want to know how to how to how to. Yeah, social yeah. accounts, all that stuff. What do you got? Yeah, stalkers. Sure. Stuff like that. Uh, I'm on Twitter, <laughs> Kim Cunningham, WX. Um, Facebook, Kim Cunningham. And then uh, also I have a website, KimCunningham.com, that you Ooh. can find as well. Very good. Okay. Well, uh, we appreciate having you on and, and obviously being a great sport, uh, Kim. Thanks so much. Sure. So Yay. we're going to go ahead. Uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is our first break. Our listeners are going to hear Brady Storm School but our uh, raw viewers are going to see all the behind the curtain, all the crap that we continue to talk about, even though we take a break. Uh, but when we return, it's time to figure out how technology is changing things for the TV meteorologist. This is Storm School, where together we'll take an in-depth look into certain weather phenomenon, why they happen, where they happen, what causes them. Some topics we'll cover will things you might have never heard before or things you've heard a lot. Welcome to Storm School. Class is in session. Hello once again, guys. I'm Brady, and this week we're going to talk about upslope and downsloping flow and how that relates to precipitation and what that can cause. Now, that's a little complex. Um, I'm going to break it down for you. So think about... Um, it's actually pretty current um, out west. I don't know if any of you have heard of like you know Lake Tahoe along the Sierra Mountains out there. Um, 
they're getting absolutely hammered and have been for really the past couple of weeks and uh, you know probably will continue to with heavy 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 snow now what is that really caused by yet there's a very strong low pressure system in that area i know we really didn't talk about forecasting but this is this relates um there, there's a, a strong low pressure system that's bringing a lot of moisture on shore, but it's also bringing winds from the south and west, meaning that these winds are coming you know, and hitting these mountains and have nowhere to go but up the mountain slope, and then they reach the top of the mountain, and they reach the top of the mountain range, and then they go down the other side of the mountain. Now, this is a very, um, you know, going up the mountain is called upslope flow. Going down the mountain is called downsloping flow. Now, this is very important, not only for snow prediction, but for thunderstorm prediction, um, you know, in Pennsylvania and areas over there where they have some mountains. Really, anywhere where you have a, a significant mountain range or significant elevation changes, you get upslope and downslope that can enhance precipitation or it can decrease precipitation. It all depends. So, if you're on the east side of the mountain, basically the windward side, um, or no, if you're on the west side of the mountain, sorry, the windward side, you're going to, and, and there's winds coming from the west, um, as that air rises up the mountain, if it has any moisture, it will slowly cool because it's encountering air that's at a higher elevation, which is cooler just by nature. And, and it will slowly cool and it'll get to a point where it becomes you know, condense. The water vapor will condense as that air cools, eventually forming clouds, eventually forming rain, snow, thunderstorms. You can see this effect actually in the in the summertime out in the Rockies. You'll have the winds actually coming from the east and they'll upslope the mount you know, upslope in the Rocky Mountain ranges and thunderstorms will actually form off of that. You know, thunderstorms almost daily if the winds are coming out of the east. Um so that's very interesting. In the winter, you know, like we said, upslope flow contributes to very heavy, continuous snow in the Sierra Mountains, the Lake Tahoe area, if the winds are the right direction and there's enough moisture. Because oftentimes the winds will still come out of the west, but in a dry period, there won't be that moisture coming off um, um, needed to form some of that heavy snow. So that's upslope flow. Now, downslope flow is as, you know, once, you know, once the wind, once the air reaches the top of the mountain, it got no it's got nowhere to go but down because it can't rise anymore and most likely usually what happens is all the water vapor and the air will condense out and will actually form precipitation on the windward side and then by the time it gets to the leeward side which is the side of the mountain after you know that's down sloping all the moisture will already be you know rained out it'll it'll be in the it'll be in a cloud to the to the west or it will be, you know, have already precipitated out. So that air is very dry air, and it's also sinking air because it's, it's, it's going down the mountain. It's flowing down the mountain. So as it's down sloping down the mountain, you actually have a sinking trend in the air, you know, on the mountain, but also near the mountain as well, which is going to cause, you know, generally high pressure, which is going to generally cause clear skies, no precipitation, and and a lot of dry weather. You can actually see that past the Sierras. To the east of the Sierra Mountains, you have some deserts and you have some areas that get very little rain because all the precipitation in the air has already precipitated out on the Sierra Mountains. And by the time the air gets to, you know, the areas in the desert, areas in um, Arizona and areas in uh, Nevada, you know, it's got no precipitation. So that's why they don't get a lot of rain because of this downsloping flow. Now, you know, you can look at downslope, you know, in the summer as well. 
you, you if there's a thunderstorm that goes over top of a mountain and it goes you know on the other side of the, you know on the other side of the mountain it can be weakened or even dissipate past the mountain because of that general downward motion now that it doesn't happen all the time and it's usually a mountain chain that causes that not just an individual mountain um, because you know a thunderstorm can be much bigger than just one specific mountain but it, it does have an effect um, and oftentimes even you know everywhere you go you can you can really um, apply these principles to forecasting you know if you know you're gonna have a, a, a geographic location where there's you know Upsloping is going to occur, you're going to have enhanced precipitation. And if you know downslope is going to occur, you know that some of that precipitation is going to die off, possibly dissipate um, in the near future. So that's something to help you guys out. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, let's get back to the podcast. All right, welcome back. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get everyone's opinion on the future of TV meteorologists and how technology is kind of affecting where people get their weather information right now. Uh, those watching our raw live broadcast, you're welcome to chime in uh, if you have comments as well, and, and we'll we'll take a look at those and maybe share a couple of those as well. But I want to start it off by talking about uh, a blog uh, on Medium.com uh, from James Spand, who's a, a very popular uh, TV meteorologist. Uh, the blog was called, Is There Any Hope for TV Meteorologists? And a couple of things he talked about is he says, because people can get their weather forecast on their phones. Are, are they staying up until 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock at night for a Ron Burgundy kind of newscast, <laughs> number one? And he also talked a little bit about, you know, the eight-hour work shifts of the TV Met. Uh, those are gone. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he says there's hope to those willing to work long hours and work across multiple platforms. But I guess the, the question is, as we start the discussion, um, is there still – a need for a local weather interpreter, uh, or is that kind of disappearing and, and we that TV meteorologist kind of needs to evolve? I think there's always a need for a local meteorologist. There will always be a need because you can get the weather forecast on apps. I mean, the National Weather Service, but for someone to actually break it down, everyone always wants to know what is going to happen over their house, their neighborhood. You know, they, they constantly ask that. And I think those local experts who know the area, who know the microclimates very well, they, they are always going to be needed because, yes, you can shoot out, you know, a forecast on an app, but to break it down, you know, hour by hour, minute by minute, especially when there's severe weather, a tornado outbreak, I do think there will always be a need for a local TV meteorologist. Now, how many? That may start slimming down just a Agreed. little bit. Um but I still think there will still be a need for someone breaking down the, the local regions and communities. Agreed. Jan, that. Oh, sorry, Kim. But yeah, like when there's a tornado outbreak or something in your neighborhood, you need somebody there. I think it is ever changing to the point where like, you know, people aren't watching TV as much. They have to evolve and get into like the digital side the, on your phone and so forth. Um, but I think a lot of places are lately. Yeah, they are. And, and social and what he says in medium, like the eight hour workday is over. Like it's not like local TV now is not just doing those, you know, local shows. You're um, doing Facebook lives. You're going to do a Periscope on Twitter. You know, you'll shoot a, a web clip for maybe your local TV app 
and the website. I mean, you're going to do a whole variety of different things. So people are consuming weather in different ways, but there's always a need for that local touch, that local knowledge to break it down. Because even national networks, we just aren't able to go down to that level as much as, you know, a local TV meteorologist can, especially for huge outbreaks that cover such a large area of the country. There's just no way possible that we can actually, you know, cover such a a small area and an actual, if there's multiple tornadoes on the ground, spend as much time as we want to on those. I just wonder if, I agree 100% with you guys, I just wonder if what we're going to see is on-camera meteorologists, somebody on camera, but more the social side, like Jen was talking about, and not even being part of the local broadcast, but being like behind the scenes, and if there is local severe weather or whatever, then you bring those people out. I just wonder if you know, if TV stations are looking at it like, you know, if people are not really caring about getting their weather on local television, they're getting it everywhere else. Why do we need to pay these people this much money? Why do we need to put them, give them 20 minutes to just talk about good weather? Mm-hmm. Um, I just wonder if, if if it's going to be their job is going to be social stuff, social media forecasting or broadcasting, and then being maybe brought out in television when there's a need for something local, like this local severe weather. What do you guys think? It's interesting you say that, Kim. So um, my job before I came here to the Weather Channel, I was a weekend meteorologist, but during the week, I was kind of that fourth meteorologist. Now I worked alongside our chief, but when there was severe weather, I was the person updating the live blog, all of social. I was doing all of that. So I almost kind of had that role. And I feel like um, a lot of local TV stations now are actually hiring a social media specialist so they can actually monitor conversations around the local news, but also the weather too. So I'm, and a lot of stations actually have requirements where they have to do a certain amount of tweets every day, a Facebook posts, a Facebook live. So you're exactly right, Kim. I, I, it, it is almost becoming like a second role. Like I, I'm, I'm basically a social meteorologist now at the Weather Channel and I think those probably will become more common, um, yes. even in local stations. I agree, too, because there's a difference between getting your local weather and being right tailored to where you live compared to the national network, where you may be watching a region you don't really care about because you don't live there, compared to getting it on on your app or Facebook Live or something. There's so many, and it depends on the weather, too, but like, say it's a normal day with no outbreaks. Um, you know, I think TV meteorologists are wondering like, um, you know, if it's nice and I could just get my weather on my phone, do I need this kind of staffing? It's it's very, but then you do need it when it's bad. So, I mean, that is a good, that's a question I I can't even answer myself. Well, let let me throw this out there. Um, you know, Maz, I'm going to ask you Maz first, because you've got a, a TV met background, but, um, there was a an article, it's not really an article, but a post on uh, theweatherprediction.com by Jeff Habe, uh looking at broadcast meteorology, a career perspective. But he talked about how forecast model accuracy right now and the processing speed of computers is going to continue to make it more and more difficult to outperform for humans to outperform that, mm-hmm. to outperform how better these models are getting and how faster they're able to kick it out. 
And so he brought up a little bit. Let me ask you this about a digital weather avatar, meaning a digital person that mm-hmm. just, you know, and again, maybe this isn't right now, but whether this might right. be the future of, of a digital Instead of your weather radio, National Weather Service radio, uh, weather radio kicking out a digital voice, it's a digital person that <laughs> is kicking out the forecast and kicking out what's happening based on what these digital models are kicking out. Instead yeah. of having to pay a person to do that, I think it's. I think it depends on two things. One is who's your audience, and the second part is your. It, it's also a business, and when you're dealing with corporations, the, the bottom line is always got to get. Who can I get for less? Who can I get for less? So when I started, um, I was a meteorologist working with a weather caster or weather casters. My first two stations, they didn't have one was a sports caster turned weatherman. Wow. The other was a, a male model, which wasn't me, of course. And, uh, <laughs> oh my God. I was running around, oh. you know, Mr. Nebraska. But uh, anyway, oh I, know no, I recognized you. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I had some some work done, but um, no. So back then, I was the. It was a novelty to have a meteorologist, mm-hmm. and it became. Can you get a game show host kind of pers- big personality as well that can also do weather that knows the science, <clears throat> and then over time it became almost all science, and then you're seeing it. I I, I personally see it because now I think the, I think the salaries are coming down. I'm seeing chief meteorologists working two stations. And what I mean, your station, and then maybe you're rebroadcasting on another sister station where I'm seeing some of the guys, when I got out there, like, man, I am working all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, when we would do we- uh, when we do weather on the radio as well, we would get paid for that. My last station in, in Cincinnati, they're like, well, no, it's just good for your on-air presence and people to know who you are. I'm like, no. Yeah. I want it to be good for my pocketbook. Hello. (laughs) So I sense that as a business, I I potentially, it's just me in my head. I could see one meteorologist on air person who's always there for severe weather. And then a support staff of people that are not really on air, but are paid a fraction to do the Mm -hmm. behind the scenes stuff. Right. Yeah. And, and it's just like, wow, because there's a lot of us. I mean, back when I was in school at Nebraska, there were 20,000 broadcast journalism students looking for 600 TV openings. It was tough, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you had to like, I'll take out your dry cleaning. What else? <laughs> yeah. But now there's so many of us that have different backgrounds. I think TV stations are looking for, well, what's that niche that you don't see any place else? And they'll try and, if I use the word exploit, I don't even mean that in a bad way, but I think they'll try and exploit that for as long as they can until the next thing that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I agree, Mass. I mean, the money in, uh, when I graduated in 2009 and I graduated with a master's degree and I was making 25000 a year and my parents were like, wait, what? and i have to pay back student loans i mean it's right you have to and and i was lucky Twenty five thousand is good first graduating that's what i started at yeah i mean some people make 18 19 thousand and that's for a couple of years but one smart thing about that maz with the radios is it's all about um, your TV contract. Now, mm-hmm. you can write in your contract that you are allowed to branch out 
from what your station does where you can create your own kind of little like weather entity and give uh, weather uh, broadcasts on local radio stations outside of your normal job and get paid for it. You could just got to be very careful with that contract. Yeah. So you, you, you know, if you get someone good, you know, writing it for you, you can make that happen. And like that's I, changed. That's changed too, because back in the day I had a, um, um, what do you call those guys? I can't even think of it now. The lawyer who handles your contract agent. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Tax lawyer. 50, 52 years old. I'm like, what's that called? Hand me the ripple. <laughs> so uh, you had to pay, you know, I remember one, I turned down uh, Fox Philadelphia because wow. they were, they were like, Hey, we're going to pay you. I, mean, I was there, did fill in work. And they're like, Hey, we'll offer you like 40,000 to mm-hmm. work two days a week. And I was like, wow, 40,000. Awesome. Like, are you kidding me? I said, it's 10% to my agent. It's $350 a month to park downtown. Um, oh, I actually thought family. forty thousand was good. <laughs> yeah, Jen, oh, sorry. sorry about that. <laughs> I was like, yes. Oops, sorry. You, you realize you realize <laughs> all the meteorological and atmospheric science students that are listening are now looking at other majors right now. You got a actually an interesting point because you know, I think, Maz, you're right. Maybe 20 years ago, there was an influx of people that wanted to go and broadcast. At Ohio State, there's maybe one or two people that I know that want to go into broadcast meteorology yeah. out of 30 to 40 to 50 people. Yeah. And, I never and knew so, and, you know, I, I, you know, the past couple of months, I've been looking for jobs in, in the field, and, and there's a decent amount of openings. There's a lot more openings than I would expect. And so I think the industry is – is going younger and going much cheaper because they can. I think it's it's shifting towards longer nights, less pay. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's going to be until something, you know, something disrupts the technology. I think yeah. that's how it's going to be for the next, you know, 10 years. I've heard a boss say once who's not a boss anymore, but so I'm not uh, pointing fingers, but said they love hiring young people because They'll do whatever you tell them, whenever you tell them. They'll work as long as you tell them. They'll rotate shifts if you want, where if you get a more experienced meteorologist, they're going to want to have better pay. They may have a family that they have to get back to, so they may not want to work nights or weekends. So, But the bad thing is, you know, what I know now, 20 years being a meteorologist compared to what I knew when I got out of college is vastly different. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like just as much as I learned yeah. in college, I've learned twice as much out of college. So the experience you get is, yep. is worth something, but people mm-hmm. don't want to pay it. So like right. I remember the uh, years ago when uh, weather producers just started coming around, like nobody ever heard of a weather producer. You just had your meteorologist. Mm-hmm. Right. You might have people yeah. making graphics or something or doing the forecast behind the scenes, but you never had a weather producer. So now you, you have that. So you, I mean, maybe you get the the young model <laughs> uh, who looks Brady. good, but then you got you know the weather producer in the back who's there to like you know make sure the weather's correct. So there's a lot of changes. It depends on where they want to spend their money. Yeah, you got the I, weather producer in the back making sure the model in the front knows what they're talking. Yeah, about. yeah. 
Right. Whoa. Well, let let me. But the let thing me, is, when I was Kim's oh. weather producer, she was the one that I mean, no, we no. were. She she knows yeah. what she's talking about. Yeah, I'm yeah. just talking about this past year, like in the last. Yeah, they're not all Kim. Months. <laughs> I know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking. And so about. I want to say I want to say one more thing too. Yeah. Well, well, I, just stop. I just think stop. you know, based because there's there's been a lot of recent negativity about. It. I think you know if you're if you've got drive, if you want to make it. There. So, you know, to yeah. all the people, I, I tell anyone that says they want to do broadcast meteorology, if it's their dream, go for it because the opportunities are still there. There might be a little more barriers, but there's still opportunity there. So, you know, it, it's important to encourage people still to go for their dream because it's yeah. still possible and it, it, will, it yeah. will remain to be possible for the foreseeable future. And I think you, know? you have to move around a lot. Take a job, yes. do the do it for three years and move on to somewhere well, hey, else. And, and let me throw this one last thing out there because – you know, the, maybe the one thing we haven't talked a whole lot about, which we did a little bit, you know, as we're talking about viewers of this podcast right now, compared to listeners that will stream us on their free time. Uh, there was in ComoNews.com, uh, Scott Sistek had an article called Social Media, A Blessing and a Curse for Meteorologists. <laughs> and the thing he brings up is talking about how weather models used to only be accessible to meteorologists. Yeah. All that stuff and paper and dot matrix crap uh, was only average people didn't have it until uh, Al Gore invented the Internet. Right. <laughs> and, then, and so once the inter- now, that, now that we have the Internet, mm-hmm. now everybody has access to all these weather models. So so I think the question really becomes the good old 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock news time. Are, are people really going to wait to get their weather forecast? from their television meteorologists uh, on Fox, CBS, ABC, NBC, whatever it might be, are they going to wait to do that? Or, or is that model going to also disappear that there needs to be another way to do it? Yeah, I um, I really, I do think that, it, I think down the road it's going to happen. I think that, um, I even wonder if, even like in local news, if they're going to have the anchors actually just give the weather forecast, just show a map if it's nice weather, and the anchor will, who's doing the news will just say, oh, and by the way, tomorrow your weather is going to do blah, blah, blah. And then again, only bring in those, those meteorologists on camera ones when there's severe weather in their area. I just wonder if that's what's going to end up being someday. Because well, people can get access to their weather anytime they want. So it's not going to be that big of a deal at 11 o'clock at night when people have already been able to get their weather. And if you want somebody who's a face on TV, just like they can simulcast a teacher in multiple classrooms, Mm -hmm. they'll be guys, if they're smart, they'll freelance and say, hey, I'll pick up that station, that station, and I'll just do it from my computer and there's my little face in a box in the corner Mm -hmm. with the weather maps and you got a producer who's making, you know, a fourth of the money. Yeah. And you've got mm-hmm. your guy who's explaining everything. And if he's really or she is really good at what they do, there's there's the next there opportunity. Yep. Yeah, I see that, man. Yeah, I do too. Because mm-hmm. nobody wants to spend money on anything anymore. No. Yeah. I mean. I got free nope. wine. <laughs> you got you to gotta add value. That's the key, adding value. Yeah. No, that's but very then, true. How do you, as a meteorologist, decide, like, well, that's enough for me, like, to freelance or only get paid when there's something to talk about like do you want to take that chance or do you you know at least it's it's difficult 
It is difficult. Yeah. And I think a lot of like when you first start out as a local TV meteorologist, a lot of times you need to be able to report. Like a lot of jobs are like, you know, a weekend meteorologist and then three days a week you're reporting. And you could be reporting on like hard news, like murders and and a whole variety of things. So it's almost having a communications degree, knowing how to edit video, basically being, you know, a one man band. I mean, that's something that is, you, you know, what they teach in college is if you know how to do that, you're likely going to have a better opportunity of getting a job than if you don't. I think you have to have that yep. something extra. You have to have some other skill besides meteorology. I mean, mine was aviation and aviation weather, but you know, like now it's, um, it's like Jen said, you have to be able to edit. You have to be able yeah. to report. You have yeah. to be able to make weather graphics. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of um, TV stations that I used to go to because I used to go to each like stations all over the country and train and, and do their graphics for them and get them set up. And they would offer you jobs because they don't know how to make the graphics. Um, you know, so you got to be able to have um, a graphical background. Uh, you have to know how to use like even like graphical programs. You have to be able to do edit programs. I mean, you have to have so much extra and be able to be like they, you guys said, the one man band or the one woman band, because one thing is probably not going to get you a job. So have something. That's my advice to people like getting out of school. Brady. Have something extra. Brady. Brady. <laughs> Brady. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing Sorry. is, though, Sorry. Brady, you know. What, you were sleeping while Dina was giving you No, no, no. Hey, hey, I've, you know. He was I've, thinking. Uh, those gears were spinning. You could tell. No, he's going. My like, roommate hey, was geez. using, my roommate was flushing the toilet, and so I told him to stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't stop. Right. So yeah, that, that's that's, uh, that's that's a good cue. So uh, we want uh, all of you, our listeners and viewers, tell us what you think. You can comment by email at questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or you can comment on our Facebook page or Twitter account. Um, let's we're going to go ahead and take our final break. When we come back, uh, we've got our weather fools and weather resources to share with you. Hey, this is Ryan Davidson from Weather Underground on the Weather Channel, and you're listening to Stormfront Freaks Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back. I can't imagine what the online comments are, but uh, <laughs> we're, we're going to start with our weather fools. Uh, Brady, go ahead and take us through that. All right, guys, it's time for everyone's favorite part of the podcast, the weather fools. We're going to look at some people that did some silly or downright stupid things when it comes to weather over the past week or two. Now, Phil, why don't you kick things off for us? Okay, you got me starting. All right, so I'm this Brady, you'll appreciate this because this is actually uh, from a video that, that the link was on AccuWeather. Um, but it is a, a oh. video of a woman, and this is, this is from somewhere in Europe, but she's trying to knock down a snowman. <laughs> Uh, and it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's like so right outside funny. her condo and so it's like a security camera and she like kicks her foot through it and it's still not <laughs> falling down and she's looking to see if anybody's watching and then she like goes behind it and she just knocks the sucker over <laughs> oh my and God. she stands what? on top of it to to jump on it and she falls flat <laughs> on her face <laughs> oh my karma what is she doing <laughs> yeah, oh my so, snowman fights back for whatever reason, 
she, she, she either hates little kids or just wants to get on TV. One of the two. One of the two. She didn't I don't, like I don't a snowman, and I yeah, I think there's definitely karma somehow affiliated with that bad childhood. <laughs> that was, that was great. Weather we'll fool. We'll have that video up on the website. And uh, Dina, I believe you have a weather fool. Uh, who's your weather fool this week? Yeah, okay. So I like the Frozen Fools or the Frozen Fails. I like these co- um, compilation ones because it starts off, it's got like the people on the roof, of course, doing the stupid, I'm going to shovel my roof, and then the whole thing slides off and they fall. Oh, um, yeah. But Classic. these were funny because with the, all the snowstorms, you know, these are all the people who are like running across ice and doing stupid stuff and falling in. And like, it's like the jackass show where I'm going to slide off <laughs> my roof and <laughs> try to go across um, the ice. And um, they're just so funny. Like, you know, people falling on their head and like none of these people really get hurt, at least not badly <laughs> but it's so funny like it, it's literally like a, almost 10 minutes and i watched it one day and i was just laughing my butt off through the whole thing so oh, yeah. i really liked it we'll, we'll put the link on you can watch the whole thing oh it's, well i it's thought funny it was until, and now I'm not. it's funny until it's happening to you i'll tell you that because it's happened to me before and it's not great winter always brings out the best weather fools i think yeah that's true. absolutely that's a very- you watching that stuff while you're right. at work? Supposed to be working? Hmm? Um, no, boss, I was <laughs> not. Posting that crap. So I'm I sure do. That's yeah. part of her job. I, I mean, part of my job is to find these videos too. So okay, okay. You know, <laughs> All right, MJ, who's uh, MJ? Throw out your weather fool. Who's your weather fool this All week? Right. I got a weather fool this time um, that oh. is not exactly. Uh, weather related but it happens on ice oh my gosh i saw this <laughs> and, uh, great. it's uh, outtakes from a commercial for white bear mitsubishi here <laughs> <laughs> and it's so uh, it's pretty funny if you watch the whole thing i'll just show a little bit of it here but uh the poor guy can't stay on his feet the guy in the uh, bear costume it's just a polar bear falling uh, falling over it repeatedly. Yeah. I've watched that too. Yeah, that's awesome. At least he's got some cushioning for falling. You know, it's not just you know. True. Yep. True. And I, I'll, uh, I'll cut it off because you got to watch it all the way to the end. Oh yeah, at the end. Yeah, at the, the end. There's a little bit of surprise. It's it's pretty fantastic. There all right. Is, yeah. my, all right. My weather fool this week. Um, so, you know, viewpoints aside. Um, you know, oh, God, I'm not a proponent. One? No, it's not political. Okay. It's just I can't stand it when people post things on either side saying weather is climate. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Bill and I posted a picture of like um, you know about the flooding in California and said like just a little climate change. What's a few billion dollars here or there on either side when you post. It's like weather events that are happening and claim that it's directly from climate change. It's just not science and it just irks me. So that's my weather fool this week. It wasn't wasn't really funny like anyone else's, but just don't post weather and say it's climate. So you're throwing Bill Nye under the bus. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Trust me. I believe in climate change, but I think he needs to just shut up because he doesn't know what he's talking about. How do you really feel, Brady? <laughs> well, you can Don't forget that. that another weather guy. Yeah, no, no. not going to happen. Dude, are That's you drinking a... Angry Orchard again? What? <laughs> yeah. No, right, that well, has you guys way too many carbs we'll... in it. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's sugary. Yeah. We'll we'll post uh, we'll yeah. post all those weather fools on our website, stormfrontfreaks.com. 
on our show notes. So just go to the episode 18 and, and uh, we'll post all the links to that. Uh, let's jump to our WX resources, Maz. Yes, WX, which stands for weather resources, which is a fancy term for cool stuff. weather stuff on the internet. Yeah. Right. Anyway, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so first, exactly, right? So Dina, you're first. Tell us what you got. Okay, so this one's kind of a stretch. It's um, called Ice Standard ER911. And mainly I found this because um, with everybody getting in accidents lately because of ice, I ran across this one and downloaded it. And mainly it's um, it's it's kind of a, your medical, emergency medical contact information. So I downloaded it. I filled out the information. And what you do is you like, you have any kind of uh, emergency contacts in it, um, your health conditions, your insurance and stuff. So if you get in an accident or and you call 911 from your cell phone, the 911 operator should be able to get that information off this app. Now, I haven't used it because I haven't called 911, but they should be able to Thank see God. that information. Yeah, <laughs> but we had a huge ice storm, you know. Um, but they should be able to see your contact information, your insurer, um, any kind of medications or anything, allergies That's you get. Cool. And um, it also, if a rescue worker or the fire department or somebody pulls out your phone, it will be on the, like, the lock screen. You know, like some people, you can't get in their phone because there's the code or your fingerprint. So if you're not there and somebody, like the firefighters, pull out your phone, they'll see your information on the lock screen. I could have used that last weekend. Yeah. Oh. I, I slid oh. down a what? hill in my neighborhood and destroyed the heck out of a neighbor's mailbox. No. That's oh, right. Damn, we no. had a video of that. I'd throw that up there right away. <laughs> oh. oh my god. Were you texting and walking again or what? <laughs> no. no, it was just my I had no traction at all and I was sliding and I was like out oh, well. And I'm going to hit it. I did. And I spun my car around too, but I was okay. Well, at least it was a mailbox and not yeah. another car or not another Mail man or a mailman. person. <laughs> That's, <true. laughs> That's right. Mail and it was man. a cool young couple and they were like totally okay with the fact that I destroyed it. So, yeah. and we paid them for it. Even so. though the red flag was up. <laughs> totally cool. Here's a case of beer. <laughs> <laughs> I drink. I drink a few. While I was in the car, but you know, it's, it's blind pirate. It's fun. It's blind pirate. Wow. Yeah. We are digressing very quickly here. Yeah, let's move Sorry. on. Phil, bail us out, buddy. Oh, I'm last. Okay, so a little uh, shameless uh, plug, selfless plug here. Um, I'm actually going to. I, I think our our weather resource or WX resource is going to be at our own website, stormfrontfreaks.com. And this is something that I just, I've really enjoyed. Uh, We were fortunate enough to work with zoomradar.com to be able to put their high definition radar on our website. And what's cool about this radar is it is interactive, which allows someone to uh, be able to Uh, Click on and off uh, temperatures in the region. Like right now, I'm showing Kentucky. There's some precipitation in Kentucky. You can see the front. uh, So it's showing the the temperature, 59, 53, 59, and behind it, 38, 35, 36 in Cincinnati. Uh, It shows wind speeds. 
So you can also put wind speeds up there to see uh, current wind speeds. It will also show uh, potentially, let me turn those off. It'll show uh, weather warnings that might be going on at the time, watches or anything issued by the Storm Prediction Center. Uh, it will also show uh, information as far as storm spotters, um, anything that's been uh, maybe spotted by emergency managers. Like, okay, we'll look up here in Pennsylvania. There is, you can click on them, storm report, heavy rain uh, in Bath and Steuben County, New York, by a train spotter in the last 18 hours. Lots of stuff here, floods, flooding, and it That's will tell cool. you what it is reported by 911 call center. So you can check to see storm reports. You can also check to see any storms. There's nothing really going on. Eh, there's a couple things here. What's this? Uh, rain, just uh, maximum hmm. three-quarters of an inch per hour right now. That's really a couple nice. tornadoes. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> so there's just, and it'll also show you storm track. And if you go to time of arrival, click on that, it'll tell you uh, certain towns uh, like this is happening right now in West Virginia. In 10 minutes, we'll be in Pro Proceus. I don't even know how to pronounce that. Proceus. Proceus. Okay. Yeah. Duck, West Virginia in 20 minutes. Little Birch, West Virginia in 30 minutes. So it's interactive. There's lots of neat things you can do with that radar. And so if you go to stormfrontfreaks.com, it's about the middle of the homepage is where that radar is located in the upper left-hand corner. You can actually click on full screen, and what it does is it pulls up a full screen of the high-definition radar. And what you can do on your iPad or tablet or, or phone is if you click on that full screen icon at the upper left-hand corner of the map, then what you do is you uh, can save that as a bookmark, save that link, or uh, some like my iPhone, I can actually save it on my home screen so it's like an app and I can just click on it and it pulls this full screen radar image uh, right up on my phone so it's like an app kind of cool hmm. cool what was cool. the part like it that's awesome <laughs> very so, cool yeah I like it anyway um, awesome. so uh, anybody else was that did that cover everybody I do I have one. Oh, oh you do oh, oh I thought God. you did one no, I talked one? about that I was a weather fool, but I didn't she, talk she about didn't the, have the weather nuisance. But she oh. had a, a <laughs> weather nuisance. Tell us what you have. Oh my God! Let me see if I can do this. Oh, you, share. you got the skills. My you God, skills. I'm screen sharing right now. Do you guys I see swear it? I thought you did. Oh, it. We I see do. It. Okay, oh, so yes. This is what what I love, especially for right now with the impending ice storm. Um, it's the Weather Prediction Center um, at the National Weather Service. And this is awesome, especially for ice. And I pulled up the ice, and this is for day three. And this is Saturday into Sunday. And this is basically the probability of greater than or equal to a 100th inch of accumulating ice. And you can see the percentages on the side, but you can do various ranges. You can see, you know, if you're going to anything with ice accumulating greater than or equal to half an inch. So you can kind of go Jeez. through a whole variety of scenarios. Um, yeah. You can zoom in too, which is fantastic. So let's see who's really going to get clamored. And cool. Kansas City, they've got a big football game uh, mm -hmm. this weekend on Sunday. So I'm, I'm wondering how that's going to go. Yeah, it's not going to work not out well. Good. 
going to be a lot of mailboxes yeah, anyway. that get taken out. <laughs> They're going to be playing hockey. They're going to be playing <laughs> hockey. Not out there. Um, but yeah, so it looks like Kansas is going to get clobbered, but they have snow totals. They have a whole variety of fun tools on here that I really uh, suggest if you're a weather geek um, or, or, you know, in school, you should definitely check out because I love it and I think it's awesome. It's great. Jen, I use it every day. What's yeah. that site again, Jen? Tell us. Oh, my God. It is. Oh, I think I'm doing the screen. No, no, no. Uh, it's wpc.ncep.noaa.gov. Okay. And I can send okay. you yeah. the link. Too. You can just type in yeah, WPC well, winter weather, and then I'll come up with it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll have that link on our show notes too. So if you go to stormfrontfreaks.com, go to episode eighteen and and check out the show notes. We'll have all those links on there. So, yeah. all right, good stuff, guys. Uh, let's jump to any listener questions or responses. MJ, we got a few. Um, we had uh, Kevin Lagasse um, talking about. Uh, sent us, uh, I think it was on Twitter, talking about naming of winter storms. He's not a fan of that. Oh, so yeah. He's, uh, responding to our topic. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's we like got the only one out there, I think, right? <laughs> <laughs> My thing is, he's, if yeah. you don't like a name winter storm, then don't na- don't call it that. Don't Who cares? Right. Just move on. You know, I did see that there was a local station up in, I think, Connecticut or somewhere up in New England that does their own names as well. Really? Wow! Yeah, Wait, yeah, that just weird. individuals. And apparently, they've been doing it for a while. Yeah, I, I think since the seventies. They said. Yeah. yeah, but it's the guys like old girlfriends and stuff, so it's going to run out. Of it, so. <laughs> 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 and his exes too. Yeah. So, so we also we also got an email from uh, Barry Gray, who I mentioned earlier, who works yeah. with uh, Kelly Williamson on the Storm Wranglers. And uh, he, he said, was watching your show tonight with Kelly Williamson. Great show. I'm the voice you hear in the background on Kelly's stream, giving him radar and road support, help, helping him stay safe. I hit like on your Facebook page so I can stay tuned to what you do and look forward to seeing more podcasts. And he is also nice. listening this evening. Awesome, Thank you. Yeah, hey. awesome. You bet. Yeah. He's, he's viewing this evening, and he did make a comment, too, about the um, – uh, when we were talking about whether people wait around to hear the weather, you know, on the evening or nighttime news, um, saying there's still so many people who aren't uh, that savvy to read the models, uh, but they, sad to say, they go to social media for a forecast from amateurs. So, <laughs> and uh, Jennifer McMahon uh, watching us tonight also said, uh, no, they look at social media, sadly. So they're not fans, apparently, of that happening, but uh, they're <laughs> seeing that that's going on. Cool. Thank you. Um and uh, one last uh, thing, uh, Clayton Wilson watching us this evening as well. When we got to the part about weather fools, uh, his comment was, ha ha, the, this part of the podcast is great. So there you oh, go. Thanks. <laughs> the rest of it. So, which, means, which means Clayton is drinking. So cheers, oh, Clayton, for uh, there you go. Jo- joining us uh, with the, the funny stuff. So awesome. All right. So I think that about does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks podcast and our official launch of Stormfront Freaks Raw Live. So thank you for listening and watching. And if you like the show, tell your friends. And if you would, take two minutes to leave us a review on iTunes so we can really continue to get the word out uh, to storm freaks like all of you. And if you didn't like the show, uh, tell us. Don't tell your friends. Just just tell us. Special (laughs) thanks to our guest, Tim Cunningham. Our next episode is in two weeks on January 26th. It will be at a special time of 9 p.m. Eastern. That will be with Toledo TV meteorologist and Aurora photographer Ross Ellett. 
Uh, go ahead and, and follow us on Twitter and Facebook accounts for the link to our YouTube channel if you'd like to watch it live. Um, but with MJ, Maz, Brady, Dina, and Jen, I'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear, and we will catch you guys next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Did someone get barred? Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. To subscribe and be notified when new episodes of our bi-weekly show are available, you can go to iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app and search for Stormfront Freaks. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter at Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out the interactive radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com, providing interactive weather content for web, mobile, and digital displays at cost-effective prices. Zoomradar.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stormfrontfreaks. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.